welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I have on me, with me Ellie Pachette. Ellie, how are you? I'm great, Jen. Thanks. How are you? I'm so excited for this interview because I cyberstalked you somewhat. And I think it's so fascinating to me. This is so fascinating. Your website is phoenixrisinghealing.com. So jump in and start telling, because there's a lot there. Tell me about all the different things that you do through your website. Oh, sure. Well, I, uh, it, it's taken me 34 years to get to the, the, the point where I can um, do what I do now, uh, which is I clear issues for people, emotional issues, physical issues, spiritual issues. And I have developed my own technique called the Pichette Healing Technique. It's my last name. And I love to help people on their journeys because, you know, life is difficult and we're here. The earth is like like a, a boot camp, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so different struggles and challenges come up for people. So every time I can lighten somebody's load by clearing a significant issue, um, I feel really good about it because I know that it is going to help them the rest of their life. So whether I do one session, you know, clear one issue or, or 10 issues, um, for them. So it makes me feel like I'm really on track with what I'm here to do this life. And speaking of this life, um, I've been doing healing, high level healing many lifetimes. And one of the reasons that my technique is successful is because I not only heal it in this life, you know, whatever the pattern is, but I heal it I heal the pattern pattern from all past lifetimes. So that's why most issues only need one session and it can be something really big like a lifelong depression because uh, I, I get the whole thing. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been to an energy worker. I've talked about it on the podcast and I feel like I'm an onion. You know, there's all these layers. So, I mean, to have that much done in that, in one session would be like skipping. That's, that would be a really happy thing. Do you see and feel the change in the person? Oh yeah. I, I track with them when I'm, when I'm working with them, I'm actually like tracking with them. I'm very aligned with them energetically so I can yeah. feel what they're feeling. And uh, yeah, I use, I use a, a pain scale of zero to 10 and usually an issue that will start off as a nine or 10 for them, they can feel it coming down. I can feel it coming down for them. And usually by the end of the session, it's down to a zero or, or one and it continues until it's, it, until it's complete. Even after we, after I finish working with them, they, their whole system goes through a recalibration and a shifting, a beautiful shifting. And so um, the work continues even after I stop. And, and, and being able to work with them long distance, they, they can process the work in the comfort of their own home. That was really exciting. And I, I absolutely know that that's a possibility. Um, some people do it are more inclined and some are not. I think it's a shame when they're not, but every, I love the way that you do that because I would much rather kick back on my bed yeah. in my own space and set the time aside. Um, like this meeting right now, I mean, we didn't have to drive to get there. We could be in two different time zones. <laughs> it cuts out, it cuts the trims of fat, you know, around an appointment. Right. And yeah. also I know from other energy work and massage, I'm a little bit, positively tapped out but i'm tapped out and the drive home is like right now it's winter i don't want to get in my car from your house and drive home 
there's like an interruption to the process for me anytime I've had energy work. And so the thought of being able to just curl up in my bed with my fuzzy slippers and be comfortable and go through the process with you and then stay in my spot in my space in my fuzzy slippers <sighs> and that you can get so much done. I, I have so many questions, but the first thing that I want to talk to you about is you said 34 years and you have, you have a master's degree in counseling from Cambridge college. Can yeah. you tell me how, cause this, I know it all goes together, but I want to figure out your story between the master's degree and being a shaman, which in my mind are two different things. Um, can you be more, um, more specific? Well, it may be part of your other, the other part of your struggle and your story, but you decided to go to school to get your master's in counseling. And in the last 34 years since that happened, it shifted a lot. Can you, can you connect those dots for me of um, why you got the degree and then how it has shifted over time yeah, and why? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's helpful. Um, so where I started out uh, a long time ago in my, in my 20s was counseling, you know, mainstream counseling. And I was attracted to that because partly I'm a Scorpio, which is a very analytical, deep sign and I wanted to understand what makes people tick. You know, people are really fascinating and complex and rich. And so that was really the, the background. And it's still the foundation of my work today, all these years later, because the first part is kind of understanding the basics. You know, what's the background? What's the childhood? What was, you know, what were the teen years like? And, and on and on. And I pretty quickly realized that just sitting and doing counseling, talk therapy was that there was a lot more to my calling than that. Mm -hmm. And that was an important step. That's an, it's always been an important piece of my work, but I intuitively knew that there's a lot more that I can do to help the people I work with. So that started my journey of expanding the counseling to spiritual work and energy work. And along the way, I was sitting with a client in my office in Buzzards Bay one day, and I realized, you know, I, I, by that time I knew that I was a medium, but I didn't realize I was also a shaman and all of a sudden, you know, I knew she had a spirit with her. And as I tuned into her, um, I realized that the spirit was inside of her. And from memory, I, all of a sudden, I found myself going into her, into her, her being energetically. And I was able to converse with the, the, woman with the spirit who was inhabiting the client and also from memory i was able to not just talk with her but i was able to coax her and she was an older woman the spirit i was able to coax her to move let me help her move on to the light where she would be free and be able to move on as a soul and so I found myself actually, and I still remember this to this day, actually carrying her in my arms like you would a child and, and bringing her out of the client she was sitting with and um, helping her on her journey back to the light. And was that shocking? When it, ha how did you, act? it seems like you just went with it. I did. And I would think it would be hard to not go, no, wait a minute, <laughs> talk yourself out of it or think yourself out of it. I love that you went with it. Was it surprising? Yeah. Was it, it was natural. You know, it was really exciting because I felt like here's another level of my healing and my abilities and my ability to help people. And so the fact that it came from memory and, 
you know, and it was, it was the beginning of, of realizing that I'm also a shaman and have also had past lives where I uh, removed negative spirits and earthbound spirits uh, from people. And so it was just remembering to do that again. That make wow, sense? that's fantastic. Yes, it does make sense. I'm so glad that you, so what, I'm glad that you just went with it though, still, because it, I, it would be, I'm a Sagittarius and I don't know what that means, but I would have a hard time not pushing it away or overthinking it. I would think, but I don't know. It's never happened to me. So I'm not sure how I respond, but I love that you just responded by just doing it. And what was the reaction with the person that you were spending time with? Oh, um, she found it interesting and helpful when the spirit left. She could actually feel her leave and she felt lighter and a lot better. Um, so, you know, the reason is that when, when there are spirits with a person, one, whether it's one or more, they, it's like having another person's personality influencing you, but you can't see them but you're being negatively affected. So whatever the other per, whatever the spirit, whatever their issues were when they were in the body, they still have because they haven't gone to the light yet. They haven't processed their life. So they're like the same person they were before they died. So if they have unresolved issues around whatever, depression, grief, anger, um, then the person that they inhabit will feel those issues also and if they already had those issues they'll be a lot stronger and so that's a big part of you know why this is one of the one of the main things that i help clients with is removing these these spirits do because if you told me, Jen, you have a spirit, I wouldn't have recognized that on my own. How do people recognize that that's happening? Or do they? Well, you know, there's different ways. Sometimes they have no idea. Mm -hmm. Other times it'll be a spouse who realizes there's something really wrong here. You know, like a guy that came to me, his wife sent him to me because he was so overly emotional. He would start crying at the drop of a hat and he would think about their dog, you know, who had died a year before and he would just start like crying uncontrollably. So, and he was pretty shut down. So she knew something was off and uh, she found me online um, and saw that I do work with spirits and also clearing issues for clients and um when he came to me he had a, a spirit with him who was um a woman and and very depressed <laughs> and so when i cleared the woman when i sent her back you know home um he all that extra emotionality stopped yeah <laughs> he felt a lot better because i would think I'm over, I overthink everything, I guess. That's how I feel like to write this second, but I would, I don't know that I would recognize it. So sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Do people come to you for different reasons and then you recognize that there's other things going on? Yeah. So sometimes um, clients will come in with, you know, needing help with core issues like depression, grief, anxiety, anger, um, uh, trauma and I will realize when I tune into them that they also have one or more spirits um, that are kind of upping the ante of their mm -hmm. core issues. So that's always the first thing that I do if it's an issue is remove any unwanted spirit. Now that doesn't mean that if they have a loved one who is, is a guide you know, and a positive presence for them, um, they stay. I don't do anything with them. They've already gone to the light. They're coming back as a support. Okay. So that's very different from a spirit who is sort of acting like a parasite 
you know, with the person, inhabiting them without their permission, they're not helping, they're making things worse. You see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. And I would think the souls, the spirits who are there and aren't supposed to be there, they would probably be relieved by having someone come in and help guide them to where they belong. I would imagine that that's a relief to them also. Uh, very much. And, you know, sometimes they're um, afraid to, mm -hmm. to go anywhere. And so they stay with what's familiar, which mm -hmm. is that person or that building. Um, but when I discover them and they're like, well, the gig is up, you know, and I let them know I'm going to be sending them to the light and they feel good about it. Mm -hmm. so, so it ends up being a healing for that spirit and also for the client. When you, you get your degree, you're doing talk therapy, you see the value in it, and then you are realizing that there's a lot more. How did you pursue different avenues of teaching? And yeah, how did you pursue that? And how did you know which directions to go? Well, I, I see myself a lot more as a healer than a teacher. Um, some teaching does happen, you know, when I'm working with clients and, and higher guidance will come through. But my primary role this lifetime is to clear out the obstacles and the issues that people are holding, uh, whether it's in their neural pathways, which I'm able to access, or their body or certain parts of their body. Um, that's really, you know, the best use of me is my ability to get in there, you know, it's, it's like I play psychic detective. I, I, I know exactly what needs to be cleared and I'll, I'll hear the exact wording and I will energetically muscle test the client to make sure that I have the exact thing that they need. So you do muscle testing, you do Reiki, you are a shaman. How, what different modalities do you use? I, I just use my Pachette healing technique at this point. I was, I was doing Reiki like 20 years ago, and my technique is much more, much more advanced mm -hmm. than that. Reiki is beautiful, and it feels good, and it, it, it's balancing and nurturing. But my work um, does that and clears, like literally dissolves a core issue um, during the session. I guess I worded that incorrectly because I know you use Pochette and you designed that. In designing that, what went into that? And Because you took several modalities and made it completely your own and very um, more laser focused, I guess. Yeah, that's a good word. Okay. That's how I think of it, yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely how I'm thinking of it for sure. Tell me about being published author. Oh, well, it, speaking of which, um, this, is, this is the book that I wrote um, based on my work as a shaman working with, um, you know, clients who had spirit attachments, karmic, mm -hmm. random, uh, and so I covered that. This is about 15 years worth of case studies uh, working with clients um, that, that had that issue. And I also talk about my, and you can get this on my website. Okay. Um, I have some very nice reviews. Um, one of which is by uh, Neil Donald Walsh's personal assistant, who's also an author. She wrote a beautiful review. And, and uh, so it's available on Amazon. And that's, that, that book is part of my sacred contract. It's not something I, I, I make money on. It's something that was really a labor of love and it took a lot of work. Um, but I feel, you know, people really like it. So I'm, I'm really glad that, that I did it and it's available. And then you, in November of 2019, the book Chaos to Clarity was released and you yeah. were one of the stories in that. Yes. Yeah. That was just released. It's, um, hot off the press and uh, yeah that that was my second book that I was a contributing author for 
I love on your website, your favorite quote. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Marianne Williamson. Well, um, I've been following Marianne Williamson for over 30 years and I admire her and I admire her ability to be grounded and practical and aware of what's going on in our country and politically um, and balancing that with a very strong um, spiritual uh, focus. I, I, I think she has a great balance. So anyway, so, so her quote is about, um, you know, not, not closing yourself down and you, I mean, in general, people, um, and not being afraid to shine their light, uh, but actually feeling really good about who you are, being empowered, stepping into your, your power with grace and confidence. And that's what her quote says to me. I love that quote. I think it's so true. Um, I might add it to our show notes, but it's a very powerful quote. So it made me smile when I saw it. I thought that was great. Let's go back in time. Tell me about you and growing up and what struggles you had. There's, I am so curious to know your journey and how it relates to the work that you're doing. Sure. Um, well, you know, that's probably a big part of what propelled me into the healing work was my background. I had a very difficult childhood. I was the scapegoat in a family that um, uh, was very unhealthy. My um, parents grew up in Nazi Romania and uh, so they were, they were badly affected uh, you know, by, by their experience growing up during the war and being Jewish. And so they didn't, they didn't do any healing around that or any processing. And uh, so, um, you know, families with Holocaust survivors have been compared to families of alcoholics or drug addicts. And um, I, I think that's really where my journey as a shaman started was being with that you know, being with, with that family. They were both, both your parents were survivors of the Holocaust? Yes. I mean, I can't imagine that. Um, tell me what it was like when you say you were the scapegoat. What does that mean? Well, I, I was the one that was blamed for everything. You know, a lot of times in families, there's a golden child, and then there's the kind of the black sheep, you know, the or the the bad child. Well, I was definitely the bad child. <laughs> so uh, I was, you know, I bore the brunt of most of the issues um, that happened, you know, within the family. I was blamed um, and made to feel like it was my fault. And, you know, I was, I was different. I mean, I, I came in to that family as a real light. And what I, what I understand now about why I chose to reincarnate with them was I wanted to help them become more, more light filled themselves. And um, the, my plan did not come to fruition with that. I was not able to help them be, become more um, light or more conscious. So I, you know, I did my best to survive and, um, and, and that's what started my, my, my journey as a healer and as a shaman in this life. And, and you know, I, I, I believe that every fire um, that I've gone through and that I've survived has increased my powers as a shaman. So it, it's not easy, you know, it hasn't been easy. Um, but it's been what it needed to be. And without the experiences I've gone through, I couldn't get the results that I get with my clients, with animals. I work 
with wild animals from bears to whales. Um, yeah, so. Okay, we need to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot we need to talk about, but did you know at an early age, did you feel, I know a lot of times kids, like I thought things were natural as a kid and then you realize not everyone is made like you are. So you learn to quiet that in you. Um, were you super intuitive as a kid? Did you know that there was a higher purpose or did that come later? Hmm. Uh, you know, that, that's a good question. Um, I was, uh, I had a lot of social anxiety, um, you know, coming from a family that treated me you know, like I was the enemy, um, of, of course, going into social settings and situations uh, was very difficult because, you know, we're imprinted as young children, right? And then we go into the world with those imprints. And that's why I love to clear childhood issues for clients because I understand the pain. I, I know what it's like. I definitely think that the more or the different experiences you've been with through yourself helps you tune in to other people and their experiences. I think that can be true for all of us. And um, if you talk about something that I have experienced, like I feel you, you know, I, okay, I completely understand where you're coming from because I can put myself in that situation. I've lived through something similar. So I think your experience would go leaps and bounds to helping you with that, to in tune in other people what they're going through. Yeah. I just, I know some kids just, some kids are just so born being intuitive and then they squash it because of a situation and then later it comes back. So I was curious about that with you. When in your upbringing, did you decide, did you ever like, did you ever come to the realization that this isn't normal? This isn't how kids should be treated. This isn't how I want to treat people. I want to help people that are struggling. When did those thoughts or something like that happen with you? Oh, probably not until I started you know, doing um, the counseling, not until my, probably my early 20s when I started under, you know, putting pieces together and understanding um, a lot of the um, dynamics and, and what had gone on. Um, it, it was, you know, it was a long, long process of, of, of growing, healing, and and understanding um, and what it has resulted in is for, for me is is uh, compassion mm. and understanding for the people who I work with so did it have to happen that way yeah I, <laughs> I, I think so you went through your own therapy before going to school I did it simultaneously and it wasn't just therapy. I was always interested in, I mean, as a, starting as a probably a late teen and young adult, um, I was always interested in metaphysical. I always knew that there's more than what we can see, that life is complex and that, that people are a lot more rich and, and complex than, um, than they appear on the surface. So I, I love to understand and analyze and, and go deeper. And then through, what made you decide to go into counseling as, as a profession? Um, wanting to understand people and, and what okay. makes them tick. And, and in, in that way, under, understanding myself better and also having a genuine desire to help others. I, I just knew that, that I was here to, to help this lifetime. And th I think it's interesting that you never went to any sort of therapy prior to that. What, what happened in your process of therapy? Cause this is talk therapy still, or were you looking at other modes even in your twenties when you were going through yeah. it? 
I, w- I was doing both. I was, okay. I was walking my um, spiritual path uh, and trying other, you know, different healing modalities for myself. And, um, and then the counseling was the understanding part and the energy healing was the, you know, the feeling part. That yeah, makes I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, they're completely different and you wanted to marry them. I just think you were so young and how wonderful and beautiful that you just through wanting to understand, you try to understand yourself first. And that's kind of how this whole journey for you began. You mentioned that you didn't get a chance to bring more light to your family. What, yeah. what happened with those relationships? Um, what happened? Well, I would say out of, out of, um, all five of us, my father and I had a pretty good relationship when I was an adult and, um, I I really felt most in sync with him as far as just connecting and talking and, you know, um, we, we were able to help each other. So, you know, that felt good. Um, my sisters, I don't know. It's like, we're just, we're very different. There's really not much in common with them. And, uh, my mother, you know, I think, I think she loves me. Um, but you know, there was always a, um, uh, power, like a power struggle there and it's not supposed to be that way um but you know it but it was so i'm 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 at peace with with where i'm at with with my biological uh family relationships and i'm i'm yeah i'm in a really really good place with my life and and my past and and I love my work. Um, it really, it really feeds me. <laughs> Tell me about, we're going to completely shift gears here, but I'm really excited to ask you about it. Um, what you wrote in Chaos to Clarity and what I want to dig in a little deep is about your turtle. Oh, <laughs> um, sure. I, I have a very strong connection to nature and mm-hmm animals all animals i love all animals and the turtle was given to me as a gift um completely unexpectedly the day after i told a friend that i had a dream about a turtle yeah Yeah. so she showed up with her uh the next day and i was like what am i gonna do with this i I don't know anything about reptiles (laughs) and uh and, and so but I have a very strong sense of responsibility that when an animal comes to me or is given to me, um, I, I, I take it on. And so I, I took her, um, I, I took her in, I learned how to take care of her. And uh, it, it turns out that we had um, a, some past life history together and we were very bonded, and she lived with me um, for 33 years. What, what kind of turtle, just out of curiosity? Yeah, freshwater Reeves turtle, also known as a Chinese water kettle turtle. She came from China. Um, and if you remember, back in the, I guess, 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. a lot of turtles were being, you know, um, transported from China, and a lot of them died. The conditions were not good, but uh, she survived, and we had a very beautiful relationship um, for a very long time. Until what happened? Until she got mad at me one day, <laughs> and she snuck under the under the enclosure in the um, the backyard. And, uh, you know, she wanted to teach me a lesson and um, have a little adventure. She'd never been out, you know, in the woods before. And, and uh, she 
intended to come back, but she uh, ended up being, you know, falling into a, a, a brook near the house where she went for a drink of water and she was literally swept away during these horrific rains that we had and she just pulled her, her, all her, you know, her feet, her extremities and her head in, held on for dear life and she ended up in a beautiful pond where she's living now. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't know a lot about it. I want to dig into past lives because it's something that's very elusive to me. And I know a lot of people who talk about it. Can you tap into, I know you did a lot of training and you were really looking on your journey, but how did you tap into that and understand it and blend that into who you are in this life? Well, I think that's part of, I have a lot of Scorpio in my makeup and Scorpio, when people come in as a Scorpio, that is probably the, the most karmic of all the 12 signs. And when people come in as a Scorpio, they usually come in with a lot of karma. Now karma can be good and bad, you know, and, and actually there is no good or bad. There, there just is what is. Um, but I, I, I've been around the block a lot for a very, <laughs> very long time. So I, I've, I'm in touch with over 30 of my own past lives. And that's probably why it's such a big part of my success um, working with clients, because I can um, clear the, the issues from their past lives as well as this life. Because you have a better understanding of it, or I just I know it's so real. I know it's such a, a huge part of our makeup and our complexity um, is you know who we've been in other lifetimes, and you know um, sometimes it, it'll certain lives will show up more prominently than others in could be the way we look, the way we speak, you know, what we do for work. Like, like I mentioned, I've been a healer many lifetimes and, and that's my focus this life again. Um, so yeah, I, I find past lives really fascinating and, mm -hmm. and helpful. Um, do you know of any of your past lives? No. And I find it very fascinating also. And I'm very, it's something that's really curious. And I think I don't quite understand something about it. No, I don't know anything about my past lives. But are you, do you find that you, you said you've been a healer before. Is this something that you carry I mean, I know you carry the information with you, but the ability to be a healer because you love it and it's a gift, is it something that you have to learn something about? What, tell me how things show up from past lives that we continue to bring with us. Yeah. Well, there's, um, <clears throat> there are natural abilities that people come in with like the child prodigy who, you know, is able to play the piano at like three years old, um, like someone who's been studying it for decades. That's, that's no accident. Mm -hmm. That child was probably, a, you know, a, a very gifted um, pianist in a, in a previous life. So she or he is, is playing from memory and it's, it's, it, the memory is unconscious, probably. Um, what was I going to say? What, what was, ask me the question again. You, you, I think my understanding is you carry traumas and you carry gifts with you and you've been a healer many times. So that's something that's just innate to your spirit that you want yeah. to continue to get. Okay. I, I'm trying to understand better. Um, I think we go through things in life. I've always felt like we go through things in life to learn something and to be able to teach something. Mm -hmm. And 
most experiences, we have the ability to do both if we realize it. And so if you think about that on a continuum of many lives, what does that look like? Well, um, I believe that we hone certain skills and we hone them and, and we hone them. If, if you take a brilliant architect um, who, you know, seems like a, a genius or a, a top surgeon, um, you know, these are people who have had uh, past lifetimes when they were doing that work. Well, and uh, so, so this life, you know, they've finally gotten to, you know, that highest level. And, um, it, you know, people are not just born, you know, being extraordinarily gifted and talented. Does that we make can, sense? Yeah, we continue to build those skills over times through the lifetimes. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. And, and yeah, and in different, different lifetimes, you know, we're, we're at certain levels. Um, I, I'm at a very high level when it comes to healing and that's why I can heal somebody's lifelong depression in one session or why I was able to heal a woman's shingles in one session when she was in London and I was in Phoenix. That, that's really I, advanced. That is really advanced. And you've been able to, do you actually remember the past lives in a way like it's a memory of this life? Do, uh, do you separate them out? How does that work for you? Sometimes um, I will, you know, I, I remember some of the more prominent ones, like one in which I was, you know, it was another healer lifetime, and um, I, can, I can still see what I was wearing. Um, I think it was in the 1800s, and um, I was the village healer. I was a woman, and um, the, the villagers would come to me when, when there was some kind of sickness. And, uh, uh, it, and actually, it was at the time that um, male doctors started to um, you know, come into power, and there were issues of power and greed, very similar to how it is now with the American Medical Association and the pharmaceutical companies driven by power and greed. And uh, so in that life, um, I was tricked. I, I was told that the king's son needed healing, that he was sick. And, um, and so I said, sure, I'll come help. And I was carried away and locked in a dungeon. And, and uh, that was the end of that um, because I was seen as a threat, you know, to the up-and-coming um, doctors, which is a very different, very different from natural healing. So, um, you know, one of the threads of my work with clients is I'm able to get them off medication. Medication is, is not good a lot of times. It's way over-prescribed. And um, that's an imp important part of my work is, is um, clearing the issues that um, are causing people to reach out and, and take medication. So, so that feels really good. You know, yeah. when, when someone says, Hey, you know what, Ellie, I, I, I don't need the, the antidepressant anymore. I'm not depressed. <laughs> so how much of the clearing is actually the traumas that we've had in past lives that we continue do, to either relive or carry with us? Um, you know, usually traumas that, that people experience in this life are traumas that they've had in previous lives. And the issue is coming through to be healed. And so I heal it like once and for all. So um, when I work with someone, they won't be repeating that trauma or that issue or that pattern the rest of this life or in future lifetimes. What a weight lifted is that? I Dude. mean, yeah. it, I, can't, I can't really probably comprehend that. 
how much of a weight that would be lifted off of someone. Not, I mean, just the depression or the issue right now that they're having, which would be enormous. But the fact that if they have the understanding that it's from the past and it will continue in the future, it's a domino effect you're creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what, what are some of the more prevalent reasons that people come to you for? You have a list of things that I would guess they're there because they're really um, common. Anxiety, depression, grief. PTSD, grief, okay. Yeah, I, if somebody's grieving, if somebody is shut down because they're grieving someone close to them who died, whether it could be a woman's son, like on my emails, on this, the signature, I have a video of a, a mother whose you know, grief I cleared in one session when her son was murdered his first year in college. And she was shut down for seven years until she met me. And in one session, and she describes this in her video uh, testimonial, how I was able to lift that for her um, in one session over Skype. And, um, you know, that's what I like to do. And then she was able to get back on her feet again and, and, and move forward with her life feeling at peace about her son. I can't imagine going through that and then feeling that relief. So as a mom, you know, that's, that's huge. That's, that's the biggest grief that I can imagine going through. And I, it's interesting when I was thinking of all the reasons people would come to you, grief didn't even, I didn't even think about that one. I wasn't looking at your website either. It was probably listed there. What about, um, I was thinking more things that are so common. Oh, grief is like the first one on your list. I just looked. And then depression, anxiety. Anxiety seems to be something, I, I have a couple of kids with it. My husband has it um, to some degree. How is it, are there some things that, in my mind, they're getting bigger. More people are having those same problems. Is that the case or is that just I'm more aware of them? Oh, it's probably both. I, I think that, you know, the political climate in our country and the divisiveness, the, the division that exists um, is uh, increasing people's anxiety. And um, so, you know, and, and another, another piece that increases anxiety is when people have uh, spirits with them. Oh, okay. So that's something that I hadn't thought of. Clearly, I'm not doing what you're doing. <laughs> so I didn't put that together. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about the PTSD? I'm thinking, I mean, that ties in with grief sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I know I just watched a video on... Um, PTSD that um, someone did and we think about war veterans and stuff that's normally what comes to people's head but people can go through PTSD from past traumas and it's just not diagnosed or they don't consider it that way until they're really struggling and someone says have you ever thought about the fact that that car accident whatever they went through actually created a post-traumatic stress yeah yeah Okay. That's a good, that's a good uh, example, car accidents. And it reminds me of a client who um, was in a truck, you know, with her husband in Phoenix. And somebody came up in a smaller vehicle and somehow, you know, ran into them from behind when they were on the highway. And her truck um, went, you know, rolled all the way down, down a, a, a hill. And, and she started to see the light that, that we see when we're, you know, going, going to leave this incarnation. And, and uh, she realized it wasn't her time yet. And so she actually, her spirit went back into her body. And um, she's, so she survived and her husband survived. Uh, and then she found me and um, 
I was able to heal her fear of driving on the highway since that accident uh, in one of our sessions. So by so she had PTSD from the accident, and and that's one of the things that I specialize in. Mm-hmm. So by clearing it, she was able to get back on the road and drive, you know, without the anxiety. She was fine. What is the difference between working with somebody through their grief or depression, um, anxiety, and the mediumship and intuitive readings? Ask me that again. You do, you work with people with grief, depression, anxiety, things that I think are big and with the other spirits. What's the difference between that and then the mediumship and intuitive readings? Oh, sure. That, that's a great question. Um, So I am a medium and I, you know, I I can connect with someone's loved one uh, or loved ones who are in spirit and I can give, evidence which is really important when you go to a medium you want to know that they're really getting the person that you want to connect with and the way that I give evidence is by describing mannerisms things that that person would have said um, what they were wearing I can describe what they look like you know just for examples the difference between a reading whether it's I'm giving someone a soul reading or a mediumship reading And the clearing work I do with my Pichette healing technique is that a reading is interesting information. It's it's information, okay? Yep. The healing work, the, the clearing work, I think is more important because it actually um, dissolves a, a core issue, whatever the issue is that's most important for that person that session so it depends you know what would be more helpful to have you know like road rage cleared <laughs> one session because <laughs> i've done that too that's awesome okay <laughs> thank you or you know um or have a a you know a, a connection with a, a mother or father who died or you know a sister mm-hmm. um and you know, that's important too. My, that's so interesting because my first reaction was, oh, clearing a hundred percent. Like there's not even a question of which one is more important. Like I, I would never even consider the information or the medium except then when you were talking about at the end, my husband's wife died. And his youngest child, who's turning 10, um, was two. And I know for her, it would probably be the complete opposite. Mm. So it's interesting on where we're coming from. Yeah. What we want. I would prefer still for her to be able to have the clearing to get through and live her life in a way where she's not carrying that baggage of losing her mom, you know, when she was two. But if you asked her the question, I can, I, I'm pretty assured that she would want the reading. So, I mean, instantly I was like, why would you ever want a reading in my mind? You know, clear, clear everything. This is great. Until you finished talking about it. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, it really depends on who the person is and where they're at and what they would want. So, but I still, I'm still a clearing. I'm still a fan of the clearing. Yeah. Yeah. For you. And and that's my, you know, my um, preference also. Right. But in, in the case of, of your husband's daughter, Mm -hmm. could have the best of both worlds. Like I could clear the trauma and I could give her a reading and a connection with her mother. True, true. So you can combine, I mean, already with the Pachette, with, with the way that you're doing things, you've combined a whole lot of things into a way of doing it that works really, really well for you on a very high level. Yes, yes. But I wouldn't necessarily, I would, I, I, I do things sort of one, one thing at a time mm. because 
each thing that I do takes a lot of focus and I pride yeah. myself in getting results or getting the connection and um, the results being really grounded and specific. So um, you can't go in like a laser if, yeah. if you're kind of scattered, you know, and, and trying to do different things at once. Yeah. But if I focus on one thing, like clearing that depression that you've had since you were a child, for example, you know, I can literally go in like a laser and clear the neural pathways. And I do that through your whole body. But that's where I start is the neural pathways. I think this, I, I keep thinking, oh, this is the last question that I'm going to have, but it's not probably. <laughs> How often, because you said, you've said several times that you can do one session and clear things, but it's laser. How often do people clear that, the depression, for example, or the anxiety, the PTSD, and they've got to feel lighter and better and they're moving forward and it's this huge relief how often does that uncover the next thing mm. look at it this way you know in credit to my counseling background i i do um have some you know several forms that I have new clients fill out before I start working with them. It helps me, it helps accelerate my work with them. And they make a list, you know, they, they fill out a form that's a list of what they feel their issues are. So it could be rejected by mother, you know, as a child. Um, you know, some mothers tell their children they didn't, they never wanted them. That's very damaging mm. and it will affect the rest of their life. They feel unwanted. So then they end up attracting, you know, partners who don't really want them, who give them that mixed message, which keeps reinforcing it unless it gets cleared. Um, where was I? Where was I going with this? It uncovers the next thing. Unco yes. So they thank you. They so they mm -hmm. come in with a list. Whether you know they email it to me, and if I'm working with them by Skype or or phone or Zoom, and so uh, whatever the, the issue is that is like the hottest issue or the most profound issue for them, that session, I will intuitively know and I will clear it. And so they can cross it off their list. And then the next session, people usually will have sessions like once a week until they're done, until they feel that they're done. And then the next session, you know, the next week, the, the next biggest issue um, on their list, you know, I will, I will focus on and I will clear it and it's done. They can cross that off. So it, it makes the work super efficient. How connected are things? How, how much are they interlinked? The, the list of things that people write down for you, I would think, and I'm, I'm asking this because I remember realizing, like thinking about chakras and yeah. someone was talking about, um, I think it was the root chakra. I don't, I don't know if that's right, but whatever it was, um, it was sacral, I think. It was creativity. And I was like, oh, well, that's connected with something else. Now, I have a really basic understanding, but yes, it's connected to that too. Oh, so those two completely separate issues, you, in your mind, you have two completely separate issues that actually are very interconnected. How often does that happen? That happens, um, that happens quite a bit. And I'll give you an example. Okay. That's helpful. One, um, sometimes women have really bad um, menstrual cycles mm -hmm. that, you know, very intense cramping. And when that's one of the issues that they list on their form or bring up to me, um, a lot of times, they have uh, ambivalence about being a woman, or they think it's painful uh, mm. to be a woman. And, and it's a past life pattern, and it's also reinforced in this life. So when I, you know, I'll, I'll intuit that, well, if I intuit that that is one of the main causes of the really bad cramps, 
I will clear, you know, that would be the core issue that I clear. Um, you know, uh, unhappy being a woman or, you know, it, 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 uh, uh, um, I, you know, not, not wanting to be a woman, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and then the cramps will, will decrease. Okay. So that is kind of how I was thinking that it would work, that some similar things are connected and they may, may be written separately, but there actually is a connection between them. Yeah. I, I had a guy with rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. The fir his first session with me, I cleared guilt about an abortion that he, that he encouraged his girlfriend to have when they were in college and he was Catholic. And so that guilt you know, about that abortion mm -hmm. followed him and ended up because it was just sitting in the body, you know, eventually it became physical and he developed rheumatoid arthritis, which I was able to heal for him after a number of sessions. That was the first session was guilt about that abortion. So that's where playing psychic detective comes in and connecting the dots. That's gotta be like the best job ever though. Being this like, is it exciting every single time? It is. Yes. Very fulfilling. Ellie, what's the best way for people to find you? Is it the website? Sure. The website is phoenixrisinghealing.com. And people transpose the O and the E sometimes, so I'll spell it out. It's P-H-O-E-N-I-X-R-I-S. I-N-G, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. And, um, you know, people can also try calling me and uh, I'm, I'm pretty good about uh, getting back to folks if they leave me a message. Um, if they have any questions, my number is 508-237-4929. And, and I'd like to offer, you know, a little special for okay. for people who uh you know who watch this interview okay okay and um so i'd like to offer 75 dollars off the first session so normally a session is 475 and uh so that would bring it down to 400 and they would need to tell me that you know that yep. they, you know they heard the special on this show and and then i will honor it for them. I love that. Thank you so much for being on. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. This was really fun.